always green around the other side. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Seven minutes after six o'clock. Good Saturday morning to you, Ashley Frasca, live in the studio here at 95.5 WSB, along with you for another exciting edition of Green and Growing. I've got Justin, I've got DeMarco. We're going to have a good show here until nine o'clock. And any parts of the show you may miss, you can go back on WSBradio.com later in the day and click on On Demand and listen to each hour of the show there. So I want to take your calls. A lot of us are so active outside right now. 404-872-0750 is the number you can call in. And I've been posting a lot of um, interesting outdoor news stories on the Facebook page. A lot of you ask if I have a website. That's a great idea. I don't. Just to, to answer that question, I don't have a website, but... Uh, put a lot of my attention on the Facebook page when you just search green and growing WSB you find it there but there are the stories about the seeds that are coming from China that we don't want you to plant the uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture is warning folks against even opening those or handling those and thanks to uh, a friend Dave last week who was listening saying um, don't flush them down the toilet either because they'll all kind of end up in the same place so burn them or contact the local uh, USDA, maybe get in touch with uh, someone here in the state of Georgia. They'll come pick them up if you put them in a plastic bag. And then the latest story is zombie cicadas. Walter and I had a good conversation about cicada cicada killer wasps, but now zombie cicadas. They get under the influence of some psychedelic fungus and then just go crazy. So, I mean, these stories are just... Can't keep up with them all. But if you see anything interesting as well, maybe we'll debunk it or maybe we'll figure out if it's true. 404 I know later in the show, coming up at the bottom of the hour, we are going to be talking about another insect, not cicadas, but mosquitoes. We all have a lot to learn and a lot to uh, be on the lookout for with mosquitoes. So we'll be talking about that with Walter Reeves. And, you know, I mean, I've, I've done a little bit of research from the Pan American Health Association and all of the Caribbean countries, how many more mosquito-borne illnesses they have to be scared of. But here, just alone in the United States, we've heard of Zika, we've heard of West Nile, malaria, all of those things. So I think now more than ever, it's very important to keep that in check in your landscape. So Walter and I will have some tips for you and maybe some things to be on the lookout for. And then in the 7 o'clock hour, hour number two of the show, Eric Erickson, radio talk show host Eric Erickson, joins me as my celebrity gardener. And we have a thing or two we can learn from him. He is quite handy in the garden, and he's a very good chef, too. So we'll talk about how that translates a little bit. But your calls, 404-872-0750. Good morning to Nicole calling from Griffin. How are you? Ashley. Doing all right? Fine, fine. Mosquitoes. Uh, Son of a gun. I know, right? Oh, God. And this year, we just cannot win. It rain every day. See, that's funny because you're one of many people that has said that to me. And me up in the Northwest, like, I'm not getting much rain at all. It'll it'll even go so far as to thunder and then nothing. Now, yesterday, yesterday was an exception, downpour. But, I mean, it's not water. It's not raining so much so that I have to, you know, water my garden almost every day. So you're getting a lot. That's interesting. Yes, it, we we a lot. Four o'clock this afternoon, all night. It's every night, you know. It's just uh, we don't have no grass problem this year. 
Right, right. The grass is growing like crazy. Yeah, everyone's in my neighborhood. I mean, I think they've got their sprinkler systems going, but it looks beautiful. The warm season grasses are looking so lush right now. The fescue, not so much. If you haven't built up the strongest fescue, which is a cool season grass, it could be overrun by weeds right now. It could have a little bit of bare spot in it. So, yeah, that's that's about how mine looks. <laughs> yeah, mosquitoes is just... Uh... I went yesterday and I had to put long, long pants because they just go in your skin big time, you know. Oh, yeah. Long T-shirt, long uh, pants. I clear up a place that usually I don't touch until uh, November, and uh, yesterday I had time, and it was raining. So the soil was really uh, easy to pull all the weeds out. I was thinking to put... Um, herb garden there because That's it's full sun. a great idea. Absolutely. Yes. And you have to choose your herb because some of them can be really invasive. They can go crazy, can't they? Mint. Oh, God, you don't want to plant this. You have to be in concrete big time. <laughs> and you know, to keep them at their best when you're, when you're thinking about your herb garden and kind of staying on top of it, hopefully using the fresh herbs in the kitchen, you have to harvest them often and when you remove a lot of the, the leaves from the plant, maybe only about 20% at a time, that way the plant can keep producing. Yes, because mm. uh, sage and uh, they bloom on top, so you can cut the, the bloom, mm-hmm. a basil sage, and you bring the bloom inside, and you all out smell. And you'll be surprised those herbs, if you store them, five years later they still have oil in it and they still smell good. And now, what do they say about letting the herbs get to the point, where, though, where they're flowering? Is that a little too, like, that's letting them go a little too long? Well, it, it's a good thing because after that, they go up in seed, like parsley go up in seed, so you keep your own seed. And at least you know where the seed comes from. And uh, talk about the China, what kind of, was it flower, was it? Um, Hopefully we don't find out. I don't want anybody planting those seeds from China because we don't yet know what they are. I've seen some pictures where they look like pumpkin seed. But, Nicole, what have you seen insofar as what the seeds may be? Has anybody really speculated or, or you know, given thoughts on what they could be? Well, you see, I uh, used to buy my seed like a dollar store, four for a dollar. But I'm not doing that. I think that's what it comes from because about a pack of seed. Thinking it was a moonflower. They, they they have big bloom and they feed the butterfly at night. Uh-huh. And I was thinking that was that, but it was not. It was just a vine blooming big time. But there's nothing happening on the bloom. They're just there all summer. And I was thinking, yo. Wow. So you've got to get seed from reputable places. If you have the time and the money to experiment and you want to try you know, different things, give it a shot. But if you are for sure the variety that you want, you know what you want, a company like Adams Briscoe Seed down in Jackson, Georgia, I mean, you know what you're going to get. You know you're going to pay for good quality seed. And you know what, Nicole? I just planted some of their pumpkin seeds. I'm so excited. And what's happening? Is it coming up pretty good? So far, yeah. I planted it last week and then went camping for a few days and came back and the most lush, two-leafed green little sprout coming up. I did three varieties. Um, Jack-o'-lantern was one. Connecticut was in the name of the second one. 
and some Big Macs maybe was the third, but I don't even care. I don't even care what they look like. If I can actually get pumpkins, that's going to be so exciting. So I may have planted a little late to have it in time for the end of October, but we'll see. I mean, you know, Thanksgiving, you can have pumpkins too. So how, how lucky have you been with pumpkin seed in the past? Oh, I never plant pumpkin seed. I plant gourd. gourd oh, seed. cool. Oh, okay. oh, this is really fun. You don't know what kind of gourd because they crisscross, you know, the bee crisscross the, uh, the the seed. Right. And all kind of gourd. And it was just so exciting. Because my soil was brand new and it was underneath uh, the, the big pine tree. They have not too much uh, too much sun. And they didn't dry up. Oh, God, I was just, like, took so many pictures. Because that's what's fun about gardening. It always keep us on our toes because it's from left or right. You think you're going to get it sometimes. It works sometimes. But it's a good gratification. Mm-hmm. It makes you spirit high. It does, doesn't it? It gives you something to go out there and look forward to every day. You check in. I mean, you check in on a garden like you check in on family members. You've got to be religious about it. Yeah, yeah, and it distressed you if you have too much stuff in your head. Start, just start with the pot, and uh, after that, you if you have a lots of room in the back of your house, you experiment, you know, and give because they uh, multiply so much. Give it to some people that. That's going to make up their day, you know. Yeah, that's a good way to introduce yourself to neighbors when you have too much okra or too many cucumbers or something to try to pass them along to someone who's really going to appreciate them. And we talked last week on the show, that was one of my top three things to do was start your seeds for your cool season garden. So lettuce and cauliflower, broccoli. And it's so much easier to be starting those seeds this time of year because you can do it outdoors in a partially shaded spot. Whereas, you know, when we're starting seed, Back in February for tomatoes and cucumbers and all of that, you're having to do it inside in a grow light. And, you know, I mean, Mother Nature is just a lot more cooperative and helping you along this time of year for the cool season gardens. Yeah, because the light is still very good. Oh, gosh, yeah. I don't think it's getting dark till right before 9. Yes, and yeah. uh, the soil is still warm. For and someone like me that tries to go to bed at 8 o'clock every night, it's kind of tricky because it's still daylight outside, but I'm used to it. It's been so many years now. Six years, seven years? Oh, gosh. <laughs> ah, you know the crazy schedule. Well, Nicole, I'm going to get you out of here because we want to update traffic again for folks driving around. But you stay safe on the roads, and thank you so much for checking in. And herbs, Nicole had a great idea, right? Nicole. Enjoy your day. Yes, thank you so much. Start that herb garden. Get out there and maintain the one you've already got. Just be careful. Ask around. Ask your friends of some of the more invasive ones, the ones that are going to go a little crazy and maybe overcrowd your herb garden a little too much. But have fun experimenting with maybe the lemon-scented ones, lemon-flavored, orange-flavored, pineapple-flavored thyme, I think someone has. So that could always be a fun thing to do. All right, coming up on 618, we're going to go check those traffic red alerts for you and do a few commercials, and we'll come back with the top three things to do in the yard this weekend. You're listening to Ashley Frasca and Green and Growing on WSB.
We got an update on the weekend weather that brought to you by Finley Roofing today. Highs around 87, so you may get some respite. A little bit of time out on the back porch or the back deck if you'd like. Lows creeping down around 70. I don't know the chance for rain. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to leave that to meteorologist Brad Nitz to update you on in just a moment. But tomorrow, tomorrow, there's only a 20% chance for rain. Mostly sunny to partly sunny. A little bit warmer high of around 92 and low around 70. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. Going to get back to your calls in just a moment. J.D. in College Park and Betty in Monroe. But first, the top three things to do if you have time for nothing else. These are easy. Water your plants several hours before applying pesticides. Think about that, especially during dry weather, what it has been in my area. But drought-stressed plants that have less water in the plant tissues and the chemicals that enter the leaves can become a little more concentrated and burn the leaves, so be mindful of that. It's a little late in the season because a lot of weeds are going to die soon when the weather gets cooler. But if you want to spot spray some now, do so when the temperatures are lower than the mid-80s. So get an early start on that. The soil has to be a little damp, and you don't mow right before or right after a herbicide application in the lawn because that's going to stress it out. And number three, strawberries and blueberries and bramble fruits. They're forming buds for next year's crop already. So keep them watered for better production. And strawberries could use some fertilization now. I'm getting my second round of strawberries, and they're so cute. 404-872-0750. J.D., good morning, my man. How are you? Good morning, Miss Ashley. How are you? So good to hear from you, sir. How can I help? Oh, I listen to your show every week. I love it. I love it. I know you're out there. I appreciate it so much. (laughs) Hey, listen, here's the deal. As I was telling your screener it was a short while ago, it seemed like you was uh, answering the calls, remember? Yes, back in January and, and seven years prior. That's absolutely yes, correct. Yeah. And that job, I, I will give it to DeMarco. He's wonderful at it, but it's a lot easier oh, he's great. than yeah, sitting here behind mean. a microphone for three hours. Woohoo! But I still well, get here, to talk to you, nevertheless. Absolutely, absolutely. Here's the deal. I... Uh, Last year, I planted uh, fish, not fish, you, but ryegrass, uh-huh. and boy, did it come up beautifully. And uh, this year, around somewhere in June, I uh, mowed it down very low because, you know, the ryegrass had turned brown at that point. And I planted some Bermuda grass, and it is now pretty and green. I want to know, would there be a harmful effect if I continue to switch every year, you know, going from, say, ryegrass to Bermuda grass? Yeah, if you're going to overseed with rye, the best one to do it on is Bermuda grass, but only when the Bermuda grass is strong and thick and healthy, J.D., and I know that's the case with yours because you take very good care. Stay tuned because when we come back, we got to step out and check news, weather, and traffic. I do want to give you a few tips for those of you who want to keep that green lawn throughout the winter time using ryegrass just to make sure you're going to do it the right way. So we'll talk about that, and we're going to talk with Walter Reeves coming up on Green and Growing. Keep listening to WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Hey, thanks for tuning into the show this morning. Welcome to Green and Growing. So just before the news, I've got Walter Reeves on hold and Walter will get to you in just a moment. But JD in College Park, ryegrass planted. It was beautiful last year and this year with the Bermuda 
can you keep switching off? So you can, definitely, but ryegrass is only recommended when you've already got a really strong, healthy Bermuda lawn. And what you want to do, the timing is so important. So uh, overseeding is done when the days are warm enough for the seed to grow and the nights are cool. So 30 days before the first frost, I think that generally puts us around like November, 30 days before the first frost is when you want to overseed with rye because you want to make sure the Bermuda is definitely on its way out. And then keep it watered, keep it mowed, just like you would a fescue lawn, like an inch or two, keep the ryegrass mowed over the summer. But then making sure that the Bermuda's got a chance to come back up. The ryegrass is going to die out in the spring, but if cool weather prevails, then it can become pretty persistent. You know, ryegrass is going to die out with the heat. So don't fertilize any later than mid to late January because you want to start kind of discouraging that ryegrass. Mow it down really, really low when you're ready, and that's going to shock it, and that's going to give the Bermuda a chance to start growing back up. So, J.D., I'd keep doing what you're doing, man, but just, you know, be careful that you do everything at the right time. And pay attention to uh, georgiaweather.net, I believe. Is that really cool website? Do I have that? Georgia, yes, georgiaweather.net. That is a website from the College of Agriculture and Environmental Sciences at UGA, and they keep up keep up there with the air temperature, the soil temperature, and all of that. And it's just such good information for gardeners to know. So thanks for the call, JD. And now, without further ado, Walter Reeves. Walter's wondering. Walter's wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG Garden Guru. Walter Reeves. And here he is on Green and Growing Live via the telephone. Walter Reeves. Hey, good morning. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not there with you. I so am so glad. I mean, I miss the callers. I miss answering questions and all that, actually. But the getting up to be there at 6 a.m., I don't miss that at all. And being with you at 6.35, I'm at home, you're there, it's great. You know, you have had six full months now, Walter. Congratulations, six full months of a happy retirement. And yeah, sleeping in on Saturday mornings, except for this, but then you can just roll back over. And... 6.35, I can go yeah. do it with you and then go back to sleep. It's great. <laughs> I love it. All right, so you know how you're talking about being in bed and you can start itching, and you think, oh gosh, I got bed bugs, or there's a spider yeah. in my bed, or something creepy like that. Worse than that is to, is to hear the and I know a mosquito is in my bedroom somehow, yes. and they'll come find me, and they'll light on my ear, and I'll slap my ear, they'll miss them, of course. Oof. There's one on my neck, I slap there, and finally, finally, you get the mosquito, but dead gummit mosquitoes bother me. That is the worst kind of itch, is a mosquito bite. Hands well, I yeah. mean, poison ivy is pretty bad, but but mosquitoes are a, a very close second. So, sure. what do you have to tell us about mosquitoes? Because obviously, we're winding summer down, temperatures are slowly starting to cool, but we like being outside, we like our outdoor time, and just can't get away from the mosquitoes. But yeah, I mean, go ahead and tell us like what can be done. That there are a lot of myths about mosquito control repellents and things like that. And there are frankly things that people don't think about much that work great for mosquito control and management in the in the yard. Let's start with mosquito myths. What does not work so well? Uh, Citrosa mosquito plants. Hmm. They're, they're called mosquito plants. They're scented geranium. And you know, there's some geraniums that smell like roses, some that smell like vanilla, some that smell like apples. 
uh, the leaves of them. But this particular one smells like citronella, the citronella candles. The citrosa the geranium, the scented geranium, just does not work. You can't plant any around your or patio and make the mosquitoes go away. If you squish the leaves of a citrosa geranium and rub the leaves on your arm, it might work for a little while, 30 minutes maybe. But it just doesn't work as a standalone mosquito repeller. No citrosa mosquito plants. They don't work. Okay, so something similar. What about a citronella candle? How effective is that? If you sit where the smoke gets off, <laughs> yeah, it works great. That's the problem, the, the scent from the citronella candle. And citronella is somewhat repellent to mosquitoes, but it has to be on you. If it blows away from you, then it doesn't really help. And so citronella candles, I grade sort of baby, but it's not what I would put my life on to keep the mosquitoes off of it when I'm outside. All right. Now, Off is just one brand that I can think of that has a lot of mosquito mm, control yeah. things. But what I have used when I've been working out in the yard, maybe in the evening, is one of those mm-hmm. clip-on things. And it, I guess it's battery-powered, but it clips on and then it like emanates some smell to the mosquitoes, yes? If you're talking about Thermocell, it works great. Thermocell is a, a clip-on uh, sort of heated thing and emanates uh, insecticide or repellent, I guess, or the Thermocell repeller works great. I know one of my friends, Shannon Pable, who you talked to on the, on the radio a week or two ago, and Shannon Pable uses her thermocell outside because she has a lot of um, wet areas in her landscape. And she said, man, when I put my thermocell on my belt buckle, it works fabulous. Wow, that's good news. So see something right on you. It doesn't have to be yeah. something that you're near, but it just right on, on your, your body, belt buckle right? makes a little cloud of repellent around you. But you know, you mentioned uh, off just now. And off has that uh, chemical DEET. We've all probably heard that DEET, D-E-E-T, is a great mosquito repellent, which it is. It is terrific. It's what everything else is measured by. DEET is a gold standard for mosquito repellency. But I don't particularly like the oily feel and sort of icky consistency of DEET. But there are some really good repellents that don't feel and don't smell that way either that you can find now on the store, in the, on the shelves in the store. So I would say, if you don't like DEET, try something that contains picaridin. Picaridin is really uh, effective as a mosquito repellent. All of lemon eucalyptus, there's a plant called the lemon eucalyptus. And if you extract the oil and put it into a spray or something that applies to the skin, that also is a very effective mosquito repellent. But uh, DEET is the gold standard. So if you want to use DEET, fine. If you want to use something a little bit safer for kids, something that doesn't smell quite good, it's quite as bad as picaridin or oil of lemon eucalyptus. Both of them work fine are on the shelves now. And I'm somewhat of a lazy gardener, Walter, so I like not using chemicals. I like doing yeah. very little. And prevention is actually a lot more important in the beginning stages than once you yeah. wait and have the problem. So when we talk about prevention and preventing this against is mosquitoes, a I told the listeners get rid of the standing water. That is a source where mosquitoes are going to lay their larvae. They're going to be attracted to that. Any other tips like that about how you can better control your environment? I heard one of the University of Georgia entomologists say one time, that if you have a mosquito on your skin, look around. He's within 50 feet of where he's hatched. Hmm. There's water within 50 feet of you. And so gutters that don't drain quite well, a little uh, cup underneath the shrubbery that uh, has some water at the bottom of it, a discarded you know, Coke can that's got some water inside it. All it takes is a little bit of water, just a little bit, for females to lay her eggs there. And then the mosquito hatchlings come out and they start biting you. 
And you do have some folks who like having water. They have a water feature in their yard, whether it's a little pond or a waterfall or something like that. So for larger bodies of water, more than just a puddle, would you recommend mosquito dunks? How effective are those? Yeah, yeah, mosquito dunks are great. great. Mosquito dunks, that's one brand name. They're mosquito granules and mosquito other things that you can put in water. It's either standing water and it's a larvicide. It kills all the baby mosquitoes in that water and they're not expensive. You just throw one into your still pond or something like that. Or you can have a fountain. I, in my particular pond, I don't use the dunks. I use a fountain that keeps the water going up and down, recirculating around. That's another good way to keep mosquitoes from reproducing. Oh, but actually, I've got something that I recently saw advertised. I pulled up my wallet, my credit card, and bought <laughs> one that I thought you would be you'd be interested to know about. As seen on TV. So what do you have for me? Yeah, seen on TV. And it looks it, it looks effective, and I've got it. And I have it on my patio. It's been running now for five, six days straight. I guess I checked it last night. And what it is is called a skeeter bag. Mm-hmm. And it's a muslin kind of cloth you put over a box fan, and you put the cloth over the fan so that the mosquitoes theoretically will be pulled into the fan and it'll be caught in the cloth and in the bag, and will be dried out by all the air going across them, and that will then control mosquitoes. And it does as long as the mosquitoes are within you know three or four feet of the fan, so they're sucked into the airflow. But if your mosquitoes are you know, out in the garden where you're wandering around or in your lawn or backyard, and there's no fan or a skeeter bag out there to suck the mosquitoes in, they're not all going to come to the patio where the fan is. So for the mosquitoes that it catches, death. They're dead. But for the mosquitoes that it doesn't catch and you're in the backyard, they'll bite you and you won't be happy with the skeeter bag being 100% effective. Well, I wonder with this bag that you place on the front of the fan and then, you know, the motion from the fan keeps the bag inflated. But yeah. is there something about the bag that would draw mosquitoes to the fan? Because otherwise, I would think they would just be smart enough to not fly near the fan. <laughs> I would think. I can't. I can't vouch for the intelligence of a mosquito. They're not known for great intelligence. No, I think there's nothing that would attract me about the about the bag. But the fan. Oh, the fan itself. Did you tell me that you and John have a fan on your patio or your deck or something? We do. We love sitting on the back deck, and we just get so hot so quickly, especially if the grill yeah. is fired up out there. So we have um, an oscillating fan on a stand, a fairly large oh, one too. Yeah. I mean, it puts out quite the breeze. So. That alone is pretty effective, but again, you have to be in the direction of the fan to keep the mosquitoes out of that path. I think it works great, and you know, I've got one too, and on my patio, and uh, you know, you can be ten feet away and not feel any mosquito nearby because of breeze. Just a little bit of breeze is enough to overcome the power of a mosquito's uh, wings. So that yeah, a fan's a good idea. I'll tell you some more things that don't work. I just remember one more thing that doesn't work, and that is bat houses. Hmm. Bat don't eat many mosquitoes. It seems like you're testifying something we've all known works fine as bats, but bats don't eat mosquitoes. They would rather have a beetle, they'd rather have a moth, they'd rather have something big and juicy that they can eat. And if they catch a mosquito or two, that's fine. They'll eat it, but they're not going to control a bunch of, of mosquitoes in your backyard. So bat houses and bringing bats into your own environment, I don't really like doing that. Bats are great, wonderful creatures. But they need to have their own place and a place far away from the house where they can live and not uh, spread disease. And they don't eat many mosquitoes anyway. So not as big as bats or, or for that matter, uh, purple martins is a bird that uh, you have big gourds that you hang down from a pole in the backyard you see out of the country. 
and purple martins don't eat mosquitoes either. They, again, would rather have something nice and juicy like a, a moth or a beetle or something they can eat. What does eat mosquitoes? Dragonflies. <gasps> really? Love them. Yeah, and dragonfly larvae of all things. And you've probably never seen a dragonfly larvae. I don't think they so. They are the ugliest. They are the ugliest thing you'll ever see, but you don't see them because dragonflies lay their eggs in the, um, in the mud, sort of at the edge of a pond. And the larvae that, that uh, hatch out are they look like a six-legged rhinoceros. Wow, <laughs> wow. A six-legged rhinoceros moving slowly through the mud looking for mosquito larvae. Wow. And so that, that dragonfly uh, larvae eats those mosquitoes and loves it. Sure does. My goodness. All right. Well, Walter, I think we got to get out of here. I'm starting to itch. I'm going to go take a break, <laughs> maybe wash myself down. But thank you for all of the knowledge, what works and what doesn't in treating exactly. mosquitoes. You bet. Listen. Welcome back to Green and Growing at 654. Your call's coming up. A weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing, though. So I finally caught the uh, percent chance for rain today. 70%. So it's likely to rain. High of around 87. Lows in the low 70s. It is cooling off a little. Only a 20% chance for uh, precipitation tomorrow. High around 92 and lows around 70. 404-872-0750. Betty and Monroe, you've been so patient. Welcome to the show. Uh, white flannel moth caterpillars, a.k.a. a.k.a. stinging worms. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with them? I'm not, no. When I saw that's what you're calling about, stinging worms, the best I could think of was like the saddleback uh, okay, caterpillar. This is, but this is another one. It okay. was a- I identified it actually with uh, Walter Reeves's, uh old email newsletter. Oh, wow. It's much smaller. The top of it is black. It has white dots on it. And, of course, the stinging hairs. And I have several small red buds that are covered in them. And say the name of it one more time. White flannel moth caterpillar. All right. And so are they defoliating the tree? Are they eating the leaves Yeah, yet? but they, they can have the tree as long as they don't sting. I, and I'm wondering when they'll be gone and perhaps gone into the pupa stage. I don't know because... I need to pull some weeds underneath them, and I'm not going near those trees. No, and the adults, let's see, the moths have a wingspan of three centimeters. Wow, those things get big. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, so have, you um, known, have you known someone, or have you yourself been stung by one? Oh, yeah, twice this year oh, already, yeah. Whiz. Oh. And it's, it's painful, a very fiery red, uh, swelling. It's, uh, yeah. Wow. Well, so what is recommended for some caterpillars, and especially coming up to in the fall months, we have to think of the tent caterpillars, uh, which they don't really sting or bite or anything like that, but something to just be mindful of, is putting that sticky tape around the trunk of the tree to even just prevent them from coming up. Um, Applications of BT, uh, again, Bacillus thuringiensis, that really prevents the, the stages of the life cycle of a lot of caterpillars but it's best applied at dusk or at dawn in the early morning hours because all the larvae are up in the tree at that point so an application of bt at those times of days are probably best but betty i'm going to do a little more research because i have i've pulled up that uh that 
caterpillar and it's terrible. That's absolutely terrifying looking. So I'll look a little more into the life stage of it and we'll try to figure out when it's best to deal with the tree that you're not going to get stung. My goodness. Thank you so much for the call. 404-872-0750. Ted and Marietta, a question about azaleas and JR in Riverdale transplanting blueberries when it's a good time for that. So more great calls coming up. Thanks for tuning in to Green and Growing. I'm your host, Ashley Frasca. We'll be back for Hour 2 coming up on WSB. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.